Hey everybody, welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Before we get into another episode today, uh, we're going to hit up the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox uh, with any questions, concerns, uh, topics you want me to address. Uh, always appreciate the feedback. Uh, today, uh, we're not going to actually read an email because I, I have some really exciting news to share with you all. Um, it's something that um, I've been working for for a long time. Um, we've been building listeners. We have a lot of momentum. Uh, things are, are really changing and improving. Um, you know, we got a full-time employee, Bob, who whose entire job is helping me out with the podcast. Um, super exciting news. Um, and so I can't wait to share it with you. And, and so um, we'll jump right in. Uh, today's big news is something very exciting. And that is... Primary Care Podcast is written and by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients. It should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced in my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views, policies of my employer, past, or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Welcome back to the podcast, uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we today are talking about um, something fun, I think, uh, and that is a, a pretty important primary care uh, podcast topic, uh, and that is the new guidelines and recommendations from the Annals of Internal Medicine. And specifically, this deals with something that is incredibly, incredibly common for all of us, and that is acute musculoskeletal pain. Now, acute musculoskeletal pain is incredibly common in primary care um, and, and, and is always always something that we are going to have to deal with in clinic, uh, in the ER, in the hospital. It's just going to be a fact of life from injuries to aches and pains, etc. And the guidelines make it very, very clear from the Annals of Internal Medicine. And again, this just came out about two weeks ago. I'm sure you guys uh, heard about it in the news. That the first line for acute musculoskeletal pain, regardless of cause, is not, is not oral NSAIDs. And I think that's really, really important to uh, to know the change because oral NSAIDs obviously come with a lot of significant side effects. Now, they work. We know that NSAIDs work. We know that they work better than placebo. There's been numerous trials. In fact, they work as well in, in, in most musculoskeletal and most limb pain, as we, as we have talked about in the past, um, work as good, if not better, than opioids when, when you're blinded. Um, and, and Annals goes on to say that you know, opioids, tramadol, et cetera, are not recommended for acute musculoskeletal pain. That is musculoskeletal pain of less than four weeks duration. Okay. Just we're, all, we're clear on that. And so they think that first line, even before you even get into oral NSAIDs or Tylenol, et cetera, should be topical NSAIDs. So the the groups, this is a combined, a joint recommendation from the American College of Physicians and the AAFP. Um, again, two of two of the best evidence-based um, organizations that there are, period, in America. So whenever the ACP says something, I, I really listen up because they're usually very evidence-based. AAFP is directly behind them. Um, I feel very, very strongly about that. I, I cannot um, co-support these this guideline enough. So the recommendation one, I'll just read it in case you didn't read it, um, but recommend that clinicians treat patients with acute pain from non-low back musculoskeletal injuries okay, with topical NSAIDs with or without menthol gel as first-line therapy to re- reduce and relieve symptoms, including pain, improve physical function, 
and improve patient treatment satisfaction. Grade, strong recommendation with moderate certain evidence. Moderate certainty evidence. So very, very clear. Recommendation 2A, recommend that clinicians treat patients with acute pain from non-low back musculoskeletal injuries with oral NSAIDs to reduce and relieve symptoms, including pain, to improve physical function with or without acetaminophen to reduce pain. Clinical recommendation, conditional grade with moderate certainty evidence. Okay. And then 2B, uh, suggest treatment uh, with transcutaneous uh, electrical nerve stimulation, uh, so TENS units, basically transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation to reduce pain, uh, and uh, specific acupuncture as well. Again, same non-low back acute musculoskeletal injuries, grade conditional, low quality, low certainty evidence. And then recommendation three, avoid using opioids and tramadol. Conditional recommendation, low certainty evidence. So again, super duper duper common. And, and why is this? Why are we talking about jumping with topical NSAIDs above oral NSAIDs? Oral NSAIDs obviously work. We have, we have good recommendations uh, with randomized control trials that they provide good care, and they do provide good pain relief. The major difference is that NSAIDs, oral, have significant, significant, significant uh, risk for gastrointestinal bleed, acute kidney injury, um, etc. So you know this isn't they aren't they aren't harmless, right? They, they they do they they do provide harm to many 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 patients, and we know that topical NSAIDs provide pain relief in less than two hours, which does improve patient satisfaction, does improve their overall function, and allow them to work. So when we talk about that, uh, you know the there's lots of studies on oral NSAIDs. There's lots of studies on topical NSAIDs with or without menthol. And so we know that this can that this can definitely work for our patients. We know that it works for, you know, pain relief within one to seven days. And we know that there are decreased side effects with topical compared to oral, right? So the harms, uh, dermatologic side effects, um, dry skin reaction, dry site, uh, local reactions, burning, hot or cold sensation, dermatitis, dry skin, edema, erythema, inflammation, irritation, itching, lipothymia, pain at the site, perspiration, uh, itching, uh, pyrexia, rash, and urticaria. Okay. Now, those dermatological adverse events using topical NSAIDs in 39 studies with over 7,000 patients, those adverse side effects that were reported did not differ significantly between placebo. So topical NSAIDs, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly safe. Okay. Now, when we talk about GI side effects with oral medications, yeah, I mean, we talk about diarrhea, talk about abdominal pain, talk about uh, dyspepsia, talk about ulcer formation, vomiting, nausea, gastritis, gastroenteritis, heartburn, indigestion, and those are increased risk for GI events. Okay. So, I think it's important that to note that oral NSAIDs are associated with all those side effects, whereas topical NSAIDs are not. Okay. So when we talk about comparative harms, right, dermatological applications of topical NSAIDs have very, very, very little harm compared to oral NSAIDs and adverse GI side effects, et cetera. Okay. Um, obviously opioids have incredible possible harms and, um, 
are are predictors and 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 can be related with you know prolonged opioid use we want to avoid that at all costs i think we're all on board with that don't use don't use opioids we don't have to so in the past historically with topical NSAIDs we've been concerned about a couple of different things number one is cost topical diclofenac uh, aka um Volterran gel right historically was pretty expensive and even now the average retail price is about $60 $54 on average according to GoodRx some insurances will pay for the topical Volterran uh, diclofenac sodium and again it's 1% gel the copay is normally 40 to 60 bucks but GoodRx which is always an amazing website has a free coupon and has a tube for 14 bucks at most pharmacies, almost all pharmacies, in fact. Uh, Safeway, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, those are like $20. Uh, but basically, for $20 under, you can get a tube. Now, a tube is 100 grams. And there are there are a couple of things, right? With not only cost, used to be more of an issue. Now it's a lot cheaper. But I think it's important to realize that another thing that physicians don't do well with topical NSAIDs is prescribe the appropriate dose. Because historically, if you've ever tried to treat a patient with a topical NSAID, probably the only side effect and the only problem that I ever hear back is the fact that it didn't work. It wasn't strong enough. They're still having pain. You know, they they need something stronger. And I think the key is to get patients to use the right dose. And the right dose is kind of shocking how much it is. So I just said a, a tube is 100 grams. Well, topically, uh, you know, above the waist, you need to prescribe two grams per joint, right? And four grams per joint below the waist, hip and knee. Now, this is not FDA indicated for low back pain, but people can still use it for low back pain. There's no indication, so it's off-label, neck pain, etc. But for big joints, you know, knees, hips, four grams, upper joints, elbows, etc., two grams. So right now, pop quiz... For those of you listening, how much is two grams of 1% Volterran gel? How much is four grams? How do you how do you instruct a patient? How do you teach a patient? Because when I reviewed this topic based on this guideline, I thought to myself, I usually just tell people to apply, you know, apply it daily, apply twice a day, et cetera, right? When we're talking about applications of steroid creams or really any topical treatment. Um, cover the area, rub in until good, and then you're fine. But when it comes to topical NSAIDs, a lot of times patients come back and say, oh, it didn't work. I need something different. And so then I get frustrated and I stop using it. But reviewing this article, for knee pain, right, topical NSAIDs work well, have high effectiveness, high efficacy. They have high patient satisfaction and improved function. But the dose is four grams. So you can grab a tube of any cream that you have at home, triple antibiotic, you know, neosporin, uh, hydrocortisone, or if you have any topical steroids for any dermatologic conditions you have, uh, or in the clinic or anything like that, and squeeze out a ribbon that is four and a half inches long. That's four grams. That's 11 and a half centimeters for our international listeners. That is the size of the ribbon that you need to have your patients put on their knees and hips. That's a that's a lot. That's a big amount of topical medication. So this tube, which is 100 grams, which is a that's a big tube, right? For 14, 20 bucks. 
you get about 25 applications out of it. Now, upper joints, again, using two grams, smaller joints, smaller amount needed. But that's a lot. That's a lot to rub in. And yes, it's annoying. And yes, you do have to rub it in. And yes, it's a it's a pain. Um, and it's, it's a lot to rub in. But if you want to get the effectiveness seen in the studies, in the meta-analyses that show how beneficial it is, people got to use the right dose. And so it's not only just the you know, if, instead of it being 60 bucks a tube, have them go to GoodRx, get it for one-fourth the price for $14 a tube or $20 a tube if they go to Walmart or Walgreens, right? And local pharmacies will sometimes, in my case, the local pharmacies around me are cheaper than that, 14 to 15 bucks. But when you look at to make it efficacious and to get patient satisfaction and pain relief and function relief, it has to be the appropriate dose. And four grams is an absolute truckload of gel. So education, Make it work right. Don't have people come back and say, well, that didn't work. I need something stronger. I need some hydrocodone. I need some whatever, right? Use the things that's going to give the least amount of side effects, not bump their kidney function, not have to worry about a GI bleed, not mess with their warfarin, not mess with their lisinopril and their and their uh, metformin, all that other stuff. Topical NSAIDs, use it right. Instruct them on the right amount. Show them, have a card, have a, have a ruler, Show them the correct dose, you know, two and a half inches or four and a half for the lower joints. But that's what you need. Uh, so educate, uh, t talk with them, try and sell it because this is the first line. This is first line therapy. And again, least amount of side effects, high patient satisfaction. So let's uh, let's go out there. Let's practice good medicine. Let's follow the newest guidelines. Uh, ACP, AAP, AAFP, sorry. Really, really good organizations know what they're talking about. Uh, so let's hit it. Remember, uh, this has been Dr. Mark Bliss with the Primary Care Podcast. If you like today's topic, um, let me know. Give us good feedback. Uh, s tell us what we can do to improve things. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Remember, you don't need to stay up tonight. <laughs> you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great day.